0: Hey what's up everybody it's your favorite quarterback hater Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the for the culture podcast this is the for the
1: culture podcast I'm your host Luke Diamond with my man Jason Spears the Colts lose in week 18 26 11 in Jacksonville against the Jacksonville Jaguars we came into this game needing a win to get into the playoffs as we went into week 17 last week at home against the Raiders so after starting this season 0-3 and 1-4, we controlled our own destiny by week 15. We beat the Patriots. Great win at home. We go on the road on Christmas, shorthanded, missing a bunch of guys due to COVID. Go to Arizona, beat the Cardinals. Two great wins. The season's not over. We hadn't clinched anything at that point. And we talked about it, Jason, on the podcast, going into that Raider game, coming out of that Raider game, and going into this Jaguar game. Nothing was clinched. It's almost like we went into that Raider game and this falls a lot on the players, but also on the coaching staff are not having their guys ready to beat the Raiders and to play that game. We came out and they punched us in the mouth to open that game. We come back, we take a lead, but we never really played Colts football. Then today we get punched in the mouth and we're never even in the game against a really bad 2-14 and Jacksonville Jaguar team, which now improve to 3-14 and on the season. So just... A complete or utter embarrassment. You have two opportunities at home against the Raiders, an above-average Raider team, and now on the road against a really bad Jaguar team. So last week, how do you not learn your lesson? You come out sluggish. You come out slow. You're trailing early. You do come back and you take a lead. But if you don't get off to that bad start, you're probably up by 10, up by maybe 14 points instead of being up by a field goal when you could have had a comfortable lead if you don't get off to that terrible start. And then you go the next week and you come out slow again and you get punched in the mouth by a really bad Jaguar team who should be on vacation, that is inexcusable. As a head coach, how do you not have your team prepared with everything on the line, with the playoffs on the line, with basically a win and go to the playoffs, lose and go home. Because if you lose, you need like 10 things to happen. Or at least two or three things to happen. Already didn't happen. Steelers beat the Ravens and the Colts get eliminated from the playoffs. But that's inexcusable, Jason. This might be the worst regular season loss I've ever seen the Colts have. You're 9-7 and seven coming into the game. You have a 2-14 and 14 Jacksonville Jaguar team. They have a rookie quarterback who's been awful all year long. And you don't just lose this game. Like, this would have been a bad game to lose 26-25. This would have been a bad game to win 6-3. And you lose this game by a final score of 26-11, to and it really should have been 26-3. to Hell, they probably could have scored more. They took their foot off the gas on both sides of the ball. We score a garbage-time touchdown late to give us 9, and then we get a garbage 2-point conversion to give us 11. We really basically got held to three points in this game. It was an embarrassing, embarrassing loss. My life, during my lifetime as a Colts fan, I have never seen a worse loss in the regular season for the Colts because of who you're going up against. The fact that you have everything on the line and that's the performance you put together in all three phases, just absolutely disgraceful. It was an absolute disgrace.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that, man. I've been watching this team since 83. It's the worst loss of Colts history. Indianapolis Colts history. Maybe in just Colts history. In the choke job down the stretch, epic. I mean, just an epic choke job. Just a total gag job by everybody involved, top down. Just awful. And this was – I mean, this was disgraceful. Just a disgraceful performance by everybody. Offense, defense, wince the offensive line. I mean, what the f- – what was that by the offensive line? I mean, just no. awful, awful. Terrible. That's supposed to be the strength of our team. They were just so awful today. And Wentz was horrific, didn't throw any checkdowns. I mean, we when we were still in the game, there were plays where if he just throws a checkdown, there's 20, and he just refuses to do it. It just – and when we had – there was one play when it was third and 19. Right before the play, I looked at my dad and said, he's throwing an interception here. And he threw an interception. So – very predictable after the start of the game. That I mean, he can't lead this team back. I knew they weren't going to come back. Honestly, they didn't deserve to make the playoffs. You don't no. start like that and finish like that. I mean, it's just – and blow games like we did all year. It's just – I don't know what else to say other than I'm completely embarrassed to be a fan of this team right now. That That's embarrassing to, to put that out there. I mean, after all this, all the shit you went through to get back to this point, And then you blow a game at home to the Raiders, and then you don't even show up to Jacksonville. You would have thought (laughs) Jacksonville was the team that was nine and seven, playing for the playoffs, and the Colts were playing out the string. Yep. And give them credit. Give uh, listen, I'm not dogging Jacksonville. They 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 own us in that stadium. It doesn't. No doubt.
1: It's not even competitive. Since 2015, we are 0-7 in Jacksonville. Coming into this game, we're averaging 15.5 points per game, and Jacksonville's averaging 30.3 points per game. Ours went down a little bit after 11 points today, so now we're probably averaging about 14.5, 15 points per game in Jacksonville since 2015. Since 2015, the Colts have turned the ball over 13 times. 13 times in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's turned the ball over four times. 4-13. 0-7 Four to thirteen, oh and seven in Jacksonville. And in those seven seasons, they've only made the playoffs one time, and they've only finished better than fourth place in the AFC South twice in this seven year span. Five and eleven, three and 10 and six, five and eleven, six and ten, one and fifteen, us being their only win, one and fifteen, and then three and fourteen, us being one of their three wins. So they have five wins, three wins, 10 wins, five, six, one, three. They have one year of double digit wins. They have one year above 500. They have one year making the playoffs. Their second best season in that seven year span is six and 10. Six and 10 being their second best year. Dude, five and 11 know. being the only year outside of 2017 where they finished above fourth in the division. Jason, Frank Reich, since getting this job in Indianapolis, he's lost at the three and fourteen Jaguars, he's lost at the one and fifteen Jaguars, he's lost at the six and ten Jaguars, and he's lost at the five and eleven Jaguars. The last two years, if you go back to week one of last year, from that game to today's game, the Jaguars were two and twenty nine against the NFL. We did beat them twice in there, and that's bookended by beating the Colts at home.
0: Yeah, and we should have saw this coming because, honestly, both of those those games that we won at home, we barely won. They came down to, like, well, the last one last year, I think, we broke off a run that ended up making the score like a 14-point game. Yeah, and Taylor had 250 rushing yards. Right. But this game earlier this year, I mean, we got up 20 to nothing, I want to say, in the first half of that game. And after that game, we got outscored, let's see, 43 to 14 against them in the last six quarters against a team that lost 50 to 10 last week i mean dude i i don't have any words for this i have never been a part of a loss like this This is un. i mean with everything on the line their fan base showed up to see them get embarrassed in clown suits and we come out and we play like the clowns i mean (laughs) Luke, and not I, only that, I don't want and
1: Jason, Jason, it gets better if you're a Jaguar fan today. Not only do you eliminate the Colts from the playoffs or at least put the Colts in a position to get and eliminated you get a one pick. and
0: the Lions beat the Packers and you end up so getting a get number, number one, one pick. pick. Yep. Yep. Hey, listen, man, I almost wanted the Steelers to win. We don't we, like the Colts. Don't yeah. just they yeah. didn't deserve no. to be in the playoffs. No. No. It was was an embarrassment.
1: And the crazy thing is when you talk about this Raider game and this Jaguar game, we're not even talking about the three double-digit blown leads we had this season. It's almost like Reich said, okay, blowing a 14-point lead against, who was it? 14 points against the Titans, then it was 16 against Baltimore, and then it was 10 against the Bucs. Blowing three double-digit leads during the season is not enough. By the time we get to week 15, we control our own destiny. Now let's build a season lead that we have to blow in the final two weeks of the season. That could be our fourth quarter of the figurative season after blowing multiple fourth-quarter leads during the year. That's basically what happened. It's like those games were a microcosm of the entire season, which is what we witnessed last week against the Raiders and then today against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, this is a game where if you barely win this game, you don't feel great going into the playoffs. If you lose a close game, it's an embarrassing loss. We got annihilated by a 2-14 Jacksonville Jaguars team annihilated the same jacksonville jaguar team and yeah i get it we beat the patriots a couple weeks ago this is the same jaguar team that just went out and lost 50 to 10 against the patriots that's what playoff teams are supposed to do against the bottom feeders of the national football league and we just aren't Uh able to do it against the bad jacksonville jaguar team we can't even beat them let alone annihilate them they annihilated us we couldn't even compete
0: with him. No. This game was
1: non competitive, basically, from happened. the jump. their
0: team was injured, dude. I, I just, dude, I, I mean, it, it, they, there has to be changes. There has to be. I know Frank is not going to get fired. I don't he want should. Ballard fired. But right should be fired. Be- he won't be. I don't think he'll be. But he should be. Because
1: at this point, Jason. Forget about, okay, if we replay this game, could Reich beat the Jaguars? Of course he could. If we run it back with this team, could he win 10, 11 games to get us into the playoffs? Of course he could. The question you should ask yourselves is, after four years, do you have the confidence that this man, in Frank Reich, could take a team and go win four consecutive playoff games against four of the best teams in the National Football League and win you a Super Bowl? Can he? Yes or no. Right now, do you have the confidence, let's say the Colts win this game and are in the playoffs, could the Colts go head-to-head against, let's say, the Chiefs in the first round, beat the Chiefs on the road, could they go in the second round to Tennessee and beat the Titans, who swept us during the regular Regular season, could we go into an AFC Championship game and beat the Bengals, and then could we go to a Super Bowl and beat the Packers Not, or beat the Bucks or beat a team like that? I don't know if we could the, do one the, of the four. Could he,
0: we do four straight right now? Could this coach coach no, four straight games like that right no. now? No. Here's the nuance to it, though. Here's the nuance. I would say with a different quarterback, yes. But here's the nuance to that question: Who wanted the quarterback here? Exactly.
1: It's like the same so, thing in 2019. So your question, we lost a lot of games where people wanted to blame the kicker. They blame the kicker. They blame the kicker. We blame the kicker, right? But this guy stood on the table for that kicker. Now exactly. this guy stood on the table for this quarterback. And it's yep. not like Phillip Rivers. Okay, he stood on the table for Philip Rivers, and Rivers was really good, so this is not a knock on River. But, but my example is if Wentz was in a Rivers-like position and you just have to pay him to come in for one year on a free agent contract, then okay, it is what it is we go into next year. He stood on the table to give up a first-round pick. So now we missed the playoffs, and our top-20 pick is going to
0: go to Philadelphia, and they're going to be in the playoffs. Dude, it's the same thing over and over again with him. He's still doing the shovel passes. He can't check down. He can't process the field fast enough. And the thing that frustrates me is Chris Ballard got talked into this. He didn't want Wentz. He did not want Wentz initially. Frank stood on the table for this guy and talked Ballard into it. Now, I'm not absolving Ballard at all. It's his fault for getting talked into it. But I told Luke off air, I think this game and this performance from Wentz and last week and the last month really outside of the second half of the Arizona game, I think this is where the the relationship splinters right Mm -hmm. here. We're going to look back at it. This is where it splinters because I think Ballard now is like, I'm not letting him talk me into anything else as long as I'm the GM here. And so he's going to be very rigid and Frank is going to want control. So I think this, you're go- I really think this is going to be a big moment in this franchise history because I think this is going to become a splintering of this relationship because yeah. and- Wyke stood on the table for this guy. Ballard gave away a first round pick. For this guy and we di- This is worst case scenario The best case scenario was we make The playoffs and make a run or We go two and 14 or two and 15 and we get a number one pick Right mm-hmm. Well the pick so- would have went to Philly so. Well, no, but if we go two and fifteen, I doubt he plays. Like I, I they would have oh, probably yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even at zero and three, if you somehow find yourself in like a two and seven spot, you bench right. him down the stretch, and you keep the pick. I agree with you. Yeah, but I know this is the
0: now. this this is the worst. This is legitimately
1: yeah. well, the Jason. Worst there were Colt fans that wanted to start benching Wentz, and at like the middle of October, and we were saying, well, as long as you're mathematically alive. When you get to like Thanksgiving, if you have a shot, you have to play him. You just have to do it. And going into that, we obviously were alive and we came out of that and came out of the bye and we went down the stretch, not only with a chance to make the playoffs where we need this, this, and this to happen and went out, we were in a position by week 15 where we controlled our own destiny. It was three and one down the stretch we needed. Then yep. it was 2-1 down the stretch. Then it was 1-1 one one down the stretch. Then it was, okay, you just need to win one out of two down the stretch. Then it was, okay, you just have to beat the 2-14 and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars. And we couldn't even compete with them. And Jason, we said it before the season started. If you don't make the playoffs this year, eventually it's going to come down to who's at fault. Is it Ballard, who's going to be heading into year six? Or is it Reich, who's going to be heading into year five? Our stances were very concrete going into this year. Not that Ballard's perfect, but out of the two, Ballard's built a very good roster. He's acquired a lot of all pros and pro bowlers via trades like DeForest Buckner and through the draft like Quinn Nelson and Jonathan Taylor and Darius Leonard and all. He's added a lot of talent without spending a lot of money. So he's been very good. Unfortunately, the results really haven't been there. We've seen flashes of the greatness of this roster at times. But when you look at the team's overall performance since he's gotten here, we have not been one of the top five, top ten teams in the league. Like, I do believe we have one of the top ten rosters in the league. We haven't really played like it outside of a handful of games. And then Reich, since he's gotten here, we haven't won a division. So we haven't won the division since, what, 2014, the last time we beat the Jaguars. So it's been a while. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah, I place some blame on Ballard, and this is basically two spots quarterback by because he's basically allowed Frank to make that decision twice now and also pass rush. He's got, because he was going to go out and sign free agents. And for some reason he made a decision not to do it last year. I'll never know why there were plenty of guys out there and he was going to do it. I don't know if like they came back and said, well, if we sign braid and we sign Darius and sign Quentin and we do all this, we're not going to have enough money or whatever. I don't know what happened, but his stance completely changed and they ended up drafting two guys. But I'll tell you right now, Luke, in this league, if you don't have a pass rush consistent and you don't have a quarterback that's consistent, it's very difficult to win no matter how good your running game is, no matter how good your weak side linebacker is. If you can't get to the quarterback and the Colts don't do it consistently and you can't rely on your quarterback to make the smart play, not a big play, the smart play, like – Wentz just can't do it. And, and I and I, I really tried to run. I thought he would play better than this, but dude, you come out against the and this is the thing. The Jags, you you can try to sell me on people will try to tell me they're not as bad or whatever. They're 31st in defense. They have the worst secondary in the NFL. The worst. They hadn't, I don't think they'd, they'd had any turnovers, or they only had seven all year. They got two today. They had six, I think, sacks. I mean. And he's out there just, he never protects the ball. He's throwing shovel passes. And I I just, if we're going to suck, can we get a young guy in here, please? Because this is, I can't watch this anymore. It's like, he's like a upgraded version of Jacoby, but he's still like, he's like Jacoby in that he turns the ball over. Well,
1: Um, it's worse than Jacoby
0: in the sense that Jacoby never cost us
1: anything. We paid him a little bit of money. Sure, we were well under the cap oh, at yeah, the time. Yeah. We gave up a first-round pick. I'm yeah, not giving up right. a first-round pick for Jacoby Plus. I'm giving up a first-round pick for a guy who could make the playoffs. Last year with
0: rental, we made the playoffs. Well,
1: and now you give up a first-round pick and you miss the playoffs when you should be a better Frank team?
0: Du- Frank doubled down on his on his whole love for Carson after the game, which I completely expected. And that is going to be a problem. As we saw with Venateri. It's really going to be come down to Ballard basically saying, listen, I'm sorry. This is not the guy, and I'm going to make the decision. I don't think it'll be this year because they're on the hook for $15 million already. That's guaranteed money that they can't get back. So we're probably going to have to sit through another year of it. But I'll be honest with you, man. If we start off bad next year, I would play Ellinger and play for the pick because there'll be a lot better quarterbacks coming out in that draft, and we can just start over. It sucks that we're in this position, mm -hmm. but we kind of did it to ourselves. We did, but Jason, like the big thing,
1: and I said this coming into this year, and you're right, because your hands are kind of tied with the Wentz contract situation, and you gave Reich the extension before this season. Not that you can't get out of that. You could, but they probably won't, and they'll tie them at the hip through next year. But it can't just be okay, next year we run it back, and then after Wentz's deal's up or it's easier to get out of it or whatever after next year, then we're done with Wentz and we move into a yet another year of Reich and Ballard in 2023. At that point, Chris Ballard will be heading into year 7, right? Or will it be year 8? Eight? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This will be year 6 coming up. Then it will be year 7 if you go into yet another year after next year with Ballard and I believe he'll be back because up until this point, I really don't think it's his fault. I think most of his big misses for the most part are Reich standing on the table, like right standing on the table for Wentz could be a setback. You lose a first round pick and you miss the playoffs and next year, this is going to be your quarterback again, who is clearly holding the offense and the team back. And the combo of the coach and quarterback isn't doing anyone favors right now at the moment. So, after yeah, I next think, yeah, year. I, I would, if you don't tie them but Jason, if you don't tie them at the hip after next year, Ballard will be going into year 7. Like it's just such a freaking disaster. And then if you do bring right back, are you going to be drafting a quarterback and then is Ballard going to be in year 7 with a rookie quarterback? So then do you have to give him 3 years with the rookie to see what he has? Like we're in a really bad spot and I think that this went trade really sets us back more than people realize because right now I think we already know he's
0: not the quarterback after next year but he is the quarterback for next year right I I mean I've been on record as saying and people gave me a ton of crap for it I would have begged Rivers to come back for one more year and drafted a quarterback early if there was one available if not then I would have got one going into this draft but I mean look the trade is what it is, and we are where we are. The thing that the only thing I'd say about Ballard is he is absolutely bombed on pass rushers. I mean, the 2018 class Lewis, Terre, Vanagoo. he's bombed on that. And you can't bomb on all those picks. And he's also not gotten us a left tackle. So he hasn't been perfect. He's definitely had some issues. Certainly, I think the fact I mean, I hate going back to this, but Andrew Luck retiring set us back so bad. And then, you know, you get Phil Rivers at the end of the, and then, and then you get talked into Reich. But again, Ballard has to own that, Luke, because he was talked into it. And you can't allow your coach to talk you. Like, if you don't believe in your heart that this is the guy, and I, he did, not I was told early on he did not like, he did not like Wentz. He didn't like, you know, his turnovers. He didn't like it, 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 him holding the ball too long. He was injury prone. But Reich talked him into it. White Reich, Reich must have some Pagano salesman in him. Because he definitely talked him into it. And in the end, I think it's going to – it could end up costing this franchise. I mean, and I think it already has big time because we're in purgatory. We didn't make the playoffs, and we have no first-round pick, and we're still going to be at the back of the second round. It's just – it's the worst-case scenario, and there's no one to blame but everybody. I mean – from the top down, it's just a train wreck. The play, I mean, and we got to put some onus on the players here too. It's not all on the coaches. Oh yeah, you specifically, know, specifically, you was, look
1: at a guy like Kenny Moore. Could he have been Paul, any worse the last two weeks of the regular season? No,
0: no, he's been he's been dreadful. Absolutely, just I mean, he gave up a hundred percent completion percentage last week, and I think two touchdowns. I don't know what been, he wants,
1: and to he do. might have been worse today,
0: giving yeah, up two I mean, touchdowns. It, it, defense was bad, flat. Offense was, I, I thought, worse. They were both just – I mean, the defense quit at the end. I mean, it was just – I can't even really blame them. I mean, the team is just – that 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 offensive performance that we put out there is – I mean, Ellinger would have done better. There's no doubt in my mind. Ellinger starts that game. It's a different game. I don't think we lose it. I don't think we win it probably, but I think we're way more competitive because, I mean, Wentz just – he Luke, when he has everything on his plate and there's no one – you know, he doesn't have Taylor, and we're, we have to throw. He is at his absolute worst. He forces the ball. He doesn't take checkdowns ever. I mean, Taylor was open in the middle yeah, of the field yeah, the last two games so many times. Yep. And he just didn't throw it to him. And it's so frustrating. And the sad thing is, I think we're going to have to sit through this shit for another year. And it's. Yeah. We did it to ourselves. So, like, I can't even be mad. Like it's so hard. Like, I, I can't hate on any team. I, I'm not even gonna talk shit to any team ever again. If you can't go like my team cannot go into Jacksonville for eight years and win a game, I have no shit talking rights for the rest of my life, dude. And it's Jason so and
1: it's it's even more than that, though. It's not just the Jacksonville game. Think about it. You have a 14-point lead against the Titans in the second half, oh. or at least in the second quarter. You can't hold on. If you hold on to that game, you're in the playoffs right now. You go to Jacksonville at 2-14 in Week 18. You just have to win that game, and you're in the playoffs. You have a 10-point lead at halftime against the Bucs. I'm pretty sure if you hold on to that game, you're probably in the playoffs, right? Because that, that's at least one. I yeah. know it's an NFC game, yeah. but you're probably in the playoffs. Yeah. And then Baltimore, you have a 16 point lead with like three minutes to go in the third quarter. If you win that game, you're obviously in the playoffs. Another AFC football game in that game. It
0: was 22 to three.
1: It's just a disaster. It's just an abomination.
0: But but Luke, listen to listen. It kind of makes sense. Listen, hear hear me out. So we couldn't finish those three games, and we couldn't finish the season. That's what I said before. It's a microcosm. Those
1: games were foreshadowing. The overall umbrella of the season. We did in those three games what we did down the stretch. The Raiders didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. The Jaguars didn't annihilate. Oh, they did. You got to give them a lot of credit. But but, but, But we showed up at their doorstep on our knees begging them to just cut our heads off. Like yep. we, ne- we didn't even put up a fight is what I'm trying to say. The Jaguars went out there. That front seven was relentless today. They got after Wentz. I think they sacked him like six or seven times. And the same with the Raiders last week. You know they took they took advantage of us not playing our best football. But my point is like last week the Raiders are playing for something, and we yep. have a lead and we kind of just give it back. But then in this game. You show up, and you basically say, we're not even going to try. We acted, and you said it perfectly before, Jason. We acted like the team that was 2-14, and 14, had nothing to play for, and they showed up, and they acted like a team that was 9-7, and seven, fighting tooth and nail for that 10th win to get into the playoffs. If I didn't know any better, and you ripped the logos off the helmets and the names off the back of the jerseys, I would have told you, that the Jaguars were the team that were fighting for the playoffs or fighting for something. I don't know what it is, but they're fighting for something. A seed, a playoff spot, whatever it might be. They're fighting. They have life, and this other team is going to go on vacation next week. I would have been right. The Colts are going on vacation next week, but I would have thought that it was inevitable. Win, lose, or draw, they're going on vacation. I never would have thought, ever, in a million years, that that team, that that team, that Colt team, had a chance to advance with a win today. I never would have believed you. If you told me that, if you ripped off the logos. Because this game didn't resemble that at all. At all. And, Jason, we're not even getting into the fact that Cole fans thought that our head coach, Frank Reich, two weeks ago, and maybe even coming into this game, was coach of the year. A lot of Cole fans (laughs) actually thought this man was the coach of the year. The Jaguars have an interim head coach who outcoached the you-know-what out of us with less talent. As did the Raiders. As did the Raiders. Both, we faced two teams that fired their coach during the season in week 17 and week 18, and both coaches out our head coach, who Colt
0: fans believe is the coach of the year. I mean, I go back to what I said last week, man. It, it, you, you can't get guys to, you know, to, to come out and play with effort and play hard for 60 minutes in games where Your future's on the line and people's jobs are on the line. That's not a good sign, leadership-wise. And I want to say this. I would have – and if I was coaching this team, after I saw that first drive, the way they went down the field and scored, if I'm Frank Reich, and you don't have to curse – like, I know he's not a cursor, but you can yell. I would have gotten the entire team around me, and I would have said, this stops now wake up our season is on the line do you guys want to go to the playoffs or not he like there's no at some point there's got to be an intensity accountability you can't just be nice all the time that he needed to really i know you don't have to scream and yell but there's a time and place for it especially for a coach that doesn't ever do it and that was the time when you see your when you see your defense allow them to go right down the field and and get a touchdown on the first drive of the game, you stop right then and there. You get the team around you, and you let them know this is not acceptable. Yep. And yeah, you you just let them have it yep. on the field right there. None of that happened. Nope. Nope. None of it. Jason, and how and, are we
1: more passionate on a damn podcast than the head I, coach I, I of the team know. on the sideline? I don't know.
0: I mean, at least at least fight, damn it. They didn't even fight in this. Jensen, team. I, have more, I
1: have more fire and passion when I coach freshman basketball and before that middle school basketball that this guy has coaching an NFL football team and, and I get it and like like he's a better coach than Pagano Pagano had a little bit more fire. But what is it with the Indianapolis Colts hiring these head coaches that everybody loves because they're nice guys? Why is that like why is that the gold standard of a, of a Colts head coach? Dungey was
0: a nice guy, but Dungey won. He won. He won. The thing about Dungy that no one ever talks about is when he got pissed, and he, again, he's a Christian man and he didn't curse. I'm not advocating for cursing out the team, although I probably would have. But when he was mad, he let those guys know it. And you know what they did? They went out there and fought They for responded. They do, Players they
1: will do, respond. You have a player like Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. They're going to respond
0: when you, when you get in their face. They will. Because they don't want to let that guy down. They know they're a reflection of their coach. Because when they when when Dungy would tell them, this is unacceptable, we have to play better, whatever it is, and the way he said it, those guys did not want to let him down, and they very rarely did. Now, granted, they had Peyton Manning, okay? That's a big difference. But there's still something to fighting. Like, if the Colts would have went out there, they get down 19-3, 20-whatever and they fight, I at least could say they fought. They cared. They fought. But they laid down. They never did show up, Luke. They nope. didn't get off the bus. No, they didn't. I'm not sure they got on the
1: plane to fly I mean, to Jacksonville. It's almost like they felt like the season... Like Jason, the craziest thing is, right? Last week against the Raiders, it felt like, to me, that the Colts felt like they already clinched a spot. <clears throat> then this week, it felt like they felt like they've already been eliminated. so That's how they played. But it's just so crazy to me. After that Cardinal game, you're still fighting for the playoffs. They left the Cardinal game as if they had clinched a playoff spot. They went into the Raider game as if they clinched a playoff spot. Then they left the Raider game as if they've been eliminated from the playoffs. And they were wrong both times. They were wrong yeah. both times. Times You should have left that Cardinal game with your foot on the gas. You should have left that Raider game like, holy shit, get your effing act together and let's go to Jacksonville and kick the dog shit out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They go to Jacksonville and it's almost like they Just, never even got on the them. plane. It's like they yeah. never got on the plane to go to Jacksonville. I mean-
0: and the thing is, Luke, you can point to a lot of stuff: defense not tackling the last two weeks, turnovers, mm-hmm. um, not forcing any turnovers, nope. penalties, all you know, horrible third, down, horrible on third down, couldn't get off the field on third down, execution, focus, none of it was there. Nope. And that's that's on the coaches and nope. the players. Everybody. It's on everybody. Like I'm not just people are going to listen to this and think I'm do- blaming just Wentz. Wentz played like dog shit. He has the last month, and I don't think he's going to be the guy. But listen. They all did. They all did. The offensive line was horrible, awful. Defensive line got blown off the ball. No pressure on Lawrence. Kenny Moore played like like he was an eighth string cornerback. Kari Willis was horrible. They couldn't get off the field. I mean, there's so many things that you can't even look at this game and say it was a fluke. They kicked the shit out of us from start to finish. It was not close. I haven't seen it. When was the last time we got blown out like that? (sighs) <sighs> Has Reich ever been blown out like that, like where it's just coast to coast ass whipping the whole time, not competitive? I think that I think that might be the first time. Yeah, definitely the first time this year. I don't really remember getting blown out last year. Oh wait, 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 wait—the New Orleans game with Jacoby. But I kind of write the Jacoby season off because
1: yeah, it's a tough season to evaluate.
0: Did the Jags beat us up once with Reich? Oh, yeah, they kicked the shit out of us with Je- with Jacoby in the last game of the year. Yeah, so we years. probably got blown out a
1: couple times that year. But you're right. For the most part, the last two years, we really haven't gotten blown out.
0: Right. And uh, Until today. <laughs> to get stomped out by a team without – I mean, they just had so many injuries, dude. And, and like – they weren't playing. It just, it just boggles my their mind. Their head coach got fired a couple of weeks ago.
1: They have a rookie quarterback who had like one touchdown or two touchdown passes in the last nine weeks, and one of them was in garbage time. He comes out today. I think he completed his first 11 passes and like 15 out of his first 17 passes. And he throws two touchdowns today. The same amount of touchdowns today as he threw the last nine weeks combined. And one of those two the last nine weeks was garbage time at the end of the game last week. Or whatever week they played the Patriots and lost 50-10. to 10. God forbid we showed up and played the way the Patriots did against a really, really bad Jacksonville Jaguar team. Like at least, Jason, at least when they lost to the Bills or they beat the Bills and the Bills lost to the Jags, at least it was like 9-6. Yeah, so well, at least they played well on one side of the ball. We played right. like crap on both sides of the ball and got
0: blown out. And that was just a regular really game in the middle worse. of the year. This was we'll essentially a playoff
1: game for us,
0: not for them, for us. They literally could have beat us 40 to, to three because remember, we fumbled the ball two or three times. They dropped an interception. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have had five. That last that.
1: drive or two where they kicked field goals, they were kind of just cool. milking the clock. Yeah, and course, our one yeah. touchdown came when they were in prevent defense.
0: 100. Dude, it, it, that's it was why so, this is so- It
1: was so much worse than the score. When a oh my 9 God. and 7 team goes on the road with everything on the line to play a 2 and 14 team and that 2 and 14 team beats them by 15 points, you would think, "Wow, that was worst case scenario. They must have played a perfect game and rubbed it in at the end." And it was the opposite. We were never competitive, and they probably could have beat us worse than by 15. Without us scoring that BS touchdown and two-point conversion, it would have been a 23-point game or whatever it was.
0: Luke, has there ever been a team—you might know this, I I don't know, but has there ever been a team that was favored by 15 points that got beat by 15 (laughs) points— I've that's seen that it's a uh, the, the that's a 30 point turnaround. Yeah, what I was
1: thinking was remember that team from Baltimore, UMBC beat Virginia?
0: Oh yeah. In the Man, tournament that football. one seed versus 16.
1: Yeah. Now granted, these are both professional teams, so right. the playing field's a lot more even. But they were probably 40 point favorites, 45 point favorites and they lost that game by 20 points. So that's kind of what I was thinking. But right. There's been a couple college games. Like last year, I think Penn State had a game where they were favored by 28 early in the year, and they lost the game by like 21 points. So that was like a big spread yeah. flip. But as far thinking, as the NFL thinking, goes, this is one of the bigger yeah. ones I've seen in recent years.
0: Yeah, I was thinking NFL because I remember Stanford when when Harbaugh got there, went into USC, and I think there were 30-point uh, underdogs and went in there and won. So I know it's happened, but I was just thinking NFL. Yeah, but I got a question for think you. About the, got...
1: Think about some of the – big upsets this year, like the Titans losing to the Jets. That game goes to overtime. Like a lot of those kind of games are overtime games, are last minute field goal games. Yeah, like but I'm weird, talking about the crap. spread
0: that they lost. I'm that's talking what I'm, about the no, spread. I know that's
1: that's what I'm saying. Like right. a lot of the big upsets this year are usually close because it's right. tough to upset a team. When you're two touchdown dogs, just <laughs> to beat a team by a point is a big upset. Oh. But then to flip the tide and to reverse cover the spread
0: against them is absurd. It's it's an indictment. It's an indictment on the Colts. That's what it is. I mean, and I was going to ask you just just to get off the game because I mean it's I mean we've beaten it to death and it's I mean everybody who watched it knows how bad it was. Where do we go from here? Like, he, do you agree with me here that that Ballard has to absolutely a go out and find a pass rusher? That can get to the quarterback consistently, and B find a a, a complementary receiver to T. Y. Hilton. Those two things have, or excuse me, and a complementary receiver to Michael Pittman. Yeah, T.Y. yeah a replacement for
1: T. Y. to complement Michael Pittman. I know Th- those
0: two things have to happen. Have to happen, and and also Eric Fisher can't be the left tackle.
1: Yeah, I agree. Those are the three biggest things: finding a pass rusher who will play. Across from Quiddy Pay, I think Pay is a starter for next year. Then Dio being that first backup guy to those two, bringing in I don't even, a vet. I want like a vet, legitimate pass yeah. rusher. Then you have a guy like Alquadin. I guess you could resign as like a fourth or fifth option, but he can't be like an everyday
0: starter next no, year. No, he can't start. No, then it's, Fisher it's just, Fisher can't be back. You need no. You need. A left I, I left honestly, right. I honestly, dude, I, I like what I've seen out of Pryor. I mean, today, I don't know how great he was because I turned it off when they put him in. I was already done with this t- the game. I knew it was over. But I like what I've seen out of Pryor. I really do. He's big. He's physical. Yeah, um, maybe as a
1: backup. They, they, you can't go into next year with him as your starter either.
0: Who? You don't think so?
1: I don't know. I they think mess- he's
0: played really well. With One ben. of Ballard's
1: biggest misses was Leno from the Bears.
0: Who? Oh yeah, he bombed on that. Yeah, it I was mean, either
1: him or Fisher, and he's right. been fantastic. Sure he's and Fisher was at least in the past game brutal.
0: Oh, he was bad all year. Fisher was bad all year. I, I, I just, I like what I've seen out of Pryor. I, I think you could start Pryor next year and draft a young guy and then let him fight it out. Uh I, But I do think there's upside to Pryor, man. I, he played a lot better than Fisher when he was in there in the yeah. last couple games.
1: Well, that's also. Um, but yeah, you nailed the biggest things. Adding receiver depth, or not depth, because we're deep at receiver. It's really more so the top receivers have to be better. So you need to add a starter because the backups yep. are fine. As you know, if you push everybody down the line a little bit, but yeah, right. you need basically a replacement need, for Ty. Think,
0: In addition, I they, yeah, I think they need a wide receiver free agency. I, I think they need two new wide receivers. They need speed, like over the top speed. That can get separation, and they need a free agent guy that's proven. I think they need to draft a receiver, sign a receiver. I think they need to draft probably, well, maybe not a pass rusher, but they definitely need to draft a left tackle, and they also need to draft, you know, some more secondary help. Their their secondary, like Rhodes, won't be back, so they're going to need it. So they they've got issues they have to fix, and I think if we get like your secondary can be average, but your front four can't be, and they shouldn't be. With the guys that they have, I mean, I think pay and I think Dio, even Dio, I think he, people have to remember he's coming off the Achilles. Even if we just get a third down pass rush specialist, doesn't have to be an every down guy because I think Dio is going to be a very good player. People have to remember he's coming off an Achilles injury, and that's you know sometimes takes a little longer. Quiddy's gonna get people are always. People are already writing off these guys. And it's like, dude, you gotta give them a couple uh, you know, a couple of years. I mean, we gave Terra a couple of years. We gave I mean, listen, could Quiddy have been better? Yes, but I think we saw flashes from him and he's gonna get better. I I I I think Dio's gonna get better. I, I like our defensive line, but we have to add depth and we have, have, have to spend money and get a proven pass rusher. Now I don't know who's out there, who's gonna be cut or any of that other stuff but we have to do that, and Paris Campbell's got to give us something next year.
1: No, um,
0: or we got to Or we, we've got to cut bait with that. Well, I, I I'm ruling we keep, that
1: out. He's a house You're leader. ruling that out? Yeah, I call, and I said it before this season. I might have even said it before last season, but definitely before this season. I consider him a house money player. If he gives me five games, those are five games I did not expect. If he gives me three games, those are three games I did not expect. If he gives me a full season, I hit the jackpot. I'm in utter shock because I didn't expect him to play at all. And he gave me a full 17 game season. He's a house he money worth player. The,
0: Luke, Luke, is he worth the roster spot at this point? I mean, it depends because. Because again, this is a guy Reich stood on the table for. Oh, he of course. Loved this guy. Yeah. yeah, well,
1: in Reich's defense, it's really just been the injuries more so than the play. We really don't even know what type of player he is. We think in flat – like, before this game, the last time we saw him, he got hurt on a 50-yard touchdown. The guy literally gets hurt doing everything. The guy can't stay healthy. So, I don't even know if I could say he is or is not worth the roster spot. If he's getting hurt and putting putting him on the IR, then, yeah, I guess he's worth the roster spot because he's not holding that spot. But – if He's like on and off and on and off and on and off. And he's holding a roster spot for five or six weeks as we're waiting for him to get back. Because for some reason, some guys like this year with Braden Smith, we had him taking up a spot for like six weeks. Nelson went on the IR and came off the IR and made it back before Braden Smith made it back. And Braden Smith took up a roster spot that entire time. And Nelson actually went to the IR, wasn't taking up a spot and came back. So it depends on how he's moved around when he's injured but yeah I would say he's worth making the team next year I just never expect him to play I expect him to right. be hurt so when I plays when he's actually on the field it's a bonus I don't have any expectations because if you expect him to play you will be let down that's basically how I feel about Paris Campbell and I felt like that I before do- this year and those feelings have only gotten stronger
0: I just think you've got almost gotta revamp the entire wide receiver room because Pascal, I, I love Pascal, man, but he's just not giving us anything. We haven't gotten anything from Patman outside of one play. Strong, you know, I, I had high hopes for, and I still do. You could keep him as a back end end guy, but you need more production. And p- listen, I'm not putting it all on those guys. Wentz is not good at processing and throwing, much like Jacoby. And, and so I don't put it all on the receivers like a lot of fans do. Like, well, G- G- Carson just needs better players. No, no, no. Carson's had good players around him before and stunk. Well, it, it's Jason, it's not that. also, can I add
1: one more thing that we never yeah. really talk about? The right. people who, like, let's take Tampa Bay second half, for example. Again, you win this game, you're in the playoffs right now. That right. game when we're saying we should be running the ball for every reason in the world because of the score, because of who you're playing, because of Tom Brady, because of Jonathan Taylor. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We open the second half with 19 consecutive passes. Those people who are defending Reich and defending Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is the franchise quarterback. He's the guy. It was a good trade. We won that trade. Frank Reich's a great guy. Frank Reich's coach of the year. Those people are the same people that are criticizing the wide receiver core more than us. So that's just yet another reason why you should be running the ball. You have a 10-point lead. You're going up against Tom Brady. You want to keep him on the sideline. You have the best running back in football. And your genius head coach who's the coach of the year and your franchise quarterback are struggling because of who they're throwing to. Isn't that just another reason to give the best running back in football the ball? And when your offensive line struggling past pro and they're really good in run block, Isn't that yet another reason to be running the ball when you have a lead? Like These are all things that they use as excuses to defend the quarterback and defend the coach when in reality, those things should be to our defense as why we should be running the ball in those situations.
0: And another thing. You know, for all the people that say he has no weapons, we have Naeem Hines, who's the ultimate weapon, and he never gets the ball. I mean, he doesn't get the ball. So nope. you can make all the arguments you want. But for me, as far as the offense goes, it starts and ends with the quarterback because he doesn't check the ball down. He doesn't. What do what I always say? You can't go broke taking a profit. And he nope. just like there were three plays in this game where Taylor was uncovered in the flat. All he had to do was throw it to him, yep. and it's at least a 20-yard game. And Absolutely. instead, he threw it into double coverage Yep, all three times. Jason, Two times, I think it was intercepted. We think back to overtime against
1: the Titans. If you throw yep. it over the middle of the field, I believe it was Jonathan Taylor, you win yep. that game. He gets you at yep. least in the field goal range. Maybe he takes it to the house. Instead, he throws into, I think, triple coverage. A triple coverage yep. throw to, I Hero want to say, Moali Cox. Hero bowl, intercepted field goal range game over
0: and you i'll that, tell you, right you win now, that
1: game obviously you're in the playoffs
0: i i'm at my wits end with the shovel pass bullshit i'm so it's tired terrible. of it and, and i i was telling my dad I, I said if we have to if he starts next year I, i'm telling you the first game of the year he pulls that shit i'm gonna tell him right i'm gonna tell him right before the season you throw any shovel passes i'm taking you out of the game and putting ellinger in the game yep point blank There is no place for it. No, another spot where
1: Ballard was basically talked into something. We talk about Wentz, which is the big one. This one's a little bit smaller because you're not giving up draft equity for this player, and you're not locked in for another season of him being the most important position on the field going into next year and starting at that position. But T.Y., he did not want T.Y. back. T.Y. did not have a great year. No. And Ballard was basically – basically peer pressured by the fan base well, no no it and jim ursay it, ursay
0: just went over his head he just went yeah over ursay his head went over his, head, head, over his head, head due to the peer pressure
1: of the fan base uh, you, just, you, you, you just what, you never hear stuff like that it sounds like it's made up i would if i just woke up out of a coma and you told me yeah chris ballard re-signed ty hilton because the fans told ursay to do it i would be like you're you're, you're kidding me right that's it's, something like they they would script on like a Disney Channel original movie. They wouldn't do that in an NFL, on an NFL front office.
0: And it's happened twice, and it's failed miserably twice. And listen, I love Ty. I love what he's done. But we all know, we all knew that he's not worth ten million dollars. Like that was just basically taking your money and pissing it away, and we pissed it away on all those bad linemen where we could have taken all that money and gotten a pass rusher, and we didn't do it.
1: I saw one tweet. I'll never forget. I saw a tweet, and we could look it up. I don't remember how it was worded. I'm pretty sure it was on Twitter. Maybe it was on Facebook. But somebody wanted to bring T.Y. back because they wanted him to join Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison with 10,000 receiving yards with the organization because we would have been the first organization to have three receivers with 10,000 yards for the same team. Could you imagine that being a reason you want a guy back? When that no. is an important spot, you need to add a solid number two receiver in addition to Michael Pittman Jr. And you bring T.Y. back so he could have some bullshit milestone lifetime achievement. And he award. didn't even get it. And he didn't, I didn't think he got it. No. And he didn't even get it.
0: He didn't even get it after all that. Oh man. I hope honestly, I really hope he retires. I don't want to see him like you know, go on a like I on a tour. To. I think
1: him and Doyle might both retire together.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this I'll tell you this right now, based on what I've been told. And, and people are going to say, Oh, yeah, you're throwing a dart at the dartboard. Doo-doo-doo. Zach Ertz will be a Colt next year. I'll put money on it. He yep. wants to be no, an I indie. So. He, he has made that known. He is best friends with Carson Wentz. I don't know how good of a thing that is. But he wants to be in Indianapolis. I think he's a, an immediate upgrade over Doyle in the passing game. I do think that will help. But at the end of the day, this team needs more speed on the outside to go with Pittman. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I love Paris, man. But I'm almost at the point where uh, I'm ready to cut bait on the kid. He, he can't be unavailable all the time. And, I mean, yeah. he's what? this will be next Next year will be his fourth year and he still hasn't played a complete season meaning like in three years he hasn't played 16 games like,
1: yeah but it's not even it's, close I I, I it's just I mean it's fine Darius Leonard hasn't played a complete season but he gives you like 14 plus every year yeah yeah I'm, I'm saying in three years added up he hasn't played a complete season oh, That's, I, mean, I thought you no, no, I mean, I thought Paris you were saying again. he hasn't given us a full season yet. And no, I was no, thinking, Jason, that's, you know, you can play 14, 15 a year. I'll take that. No, oh, he I'm hasn't played Paris sixteen
0: combined. combined. Right. Okay. I'm saying I don't think he's played a combined 16 Probably games. Probably not. Probably not. Years. And I'm sorry. I love I love everything about him. And he, he you know, I loved him when we drafted him, but dude, the bottom line, he can he he cannot stay on the field. And he's – I mean, he's basically – I mean, what what is he – I mean, you you mentioned the production earlier. What has he really done? He's had two touchdowns. Exactly. One of his touchdowns he got hurt on.
1: uh, It's not like you're talking about Bob Sanders when he plays. He's this incredible game-changer Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Paris – Paris could uh, be, but he just hasn't been, and he's always hurt. He's literally always hurt. Maybe we can. Maybe we can trade him for a pick. I
0: mean, I want as many
1: picks who's in this tra- next draft. Jason, who's trading for a guy who hasn't played? He probably hasn't even come close to 16 games through three years.
0: I mean, I don't know. They're dark Remember his first I mean,
1: year he had more surgeries than games played? I think he had like four well, surgeries and he played three games or something like that.
0: I mean, there's always a chance a team will do it. Because, listen, the Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins for a pack of Newports and some Hennessy. So, I mean, you never know.
1: Yeah, but Newport's and Hennessy probably hold more value right now than Paris Campbell. Uh, I don't know, Jason. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I my biggest thing this offseason would be I would just fire the coach now. Because I think Reich's <laughs> I think Reich because I think it goes beyond just game day stuff. No, I, you're No, I agree. Like the I agree. the setback with the quarterback really is all the coach's fault. And I don't like the aura. I don't think I don't like that guy who could sit back nonchalant la-di-da in year four and let this slip away. It's the same damn nonchalant, attitude when you're up 16 points or up 14 points or up 10 points all three games we lost by the way this season that same attitude is the same BS that happened at the end of the season against the Raiders and Jaguars to me in my opinion I think it was the exact same thing and then last year you look at the Steeler game you look at we've blown a lot of leads over the last couple years under Frank Reich now we blew a season lead and it was a season where we got off to an awful start so you didn't have your team prepared to start the season. You didn't have your team prepared to end the season. You have you basically stand on the table and force your general manager to trade for a guy that you swear is the guy, and he's clearly not the guy. So I would just cut bait with him now. I would go into next year with Ballard picking his next coach. I would restart the clock because if Ballard does get to pick another coach in Indianapolis during this tenure – the clock probably gets reset for three to four years. So I would want to reset it now. If you go into next year, then you bring in a new coach, then you bring in a new quarterback, you're going into 2023, Ballard's in year seven. Like, I would just do it now because it's inevitable to me. So I never understand postponing the inevitable. If it's going to happen, just rip off the Band-Aid right now and just do it now. If you do it now, it'll be easier And then you'll have everything set for when you bring in that next quarterback. But I don't think it's going to happen, so I think it's a waste of time. I think what's going to happen is adding a pass rusher, adding a receiver, adding two receivers, adding some safety depth, some corner depth, everything we talked about. So I think that stuff will happen. I think Ertz will probably be the big name added in free agency. Doyle probably retires. TY, I think, retires. So... We'll see what happens. Yeah. Those little stuff we'll get to this offseason. But as far as today, just completely <laughs> inexcusable. You can't lose this game. And no. we weren't even competitive in this game.
0: So it was an and absolute Luke, disaster. Yeah, one other thing I want to mention that I don't think anyone's mentioned, and, and I was worried about this from the beginning, and I was told this by people in Philly. Carson, and this I think has been borne out or however you say it, has been bared out through the season with the continuous same mistakes that he's made, he does not like coaching. He doesn't take it well. He thinks he knows more than the coaches. He's not a great leader. He doesn't like to be coached hard. And that is a red flag for me mm-hmm. because the best players want to be the best and they want to be coached hard. When you, and, and, and the reason why you know he's not being coached hard, Luke, is you see the same mistakes yep. from game one to game eight or game, yeah, game 17, same thing. Shovel passes, throwing in the double coverage. He's not being coached hard. And they brought over some of the coaches from Philly that didn't coach him hard in Philly. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, I mean, they have, listen. It's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I want the quarterback, I want to see... Some of these coaches go like they need to re I think they need to re, they need to remake the staff. I wouldn't fire the coordinators, but I would certainly there's some position coaches, the D line coach. Um, let me see. the. I mean, the O line. I mean, the O line was good, but God damn, were they bad today? Jesus. So I, I don't know if I'd fire Strauss or I think he's a good coach. But there are definitely some guys on this on this coaching staff that are not pulling their weight, whether it's Press Taylor who I don't even know what he does. He was one of those guys that was basically, a, a, you know, a yes man to Carson in Philadelphia, and we brought him in. Like, I, I don't want any more of that shit. I want him coached hard. I don't want any more of this, you know, Carson's the guy. Carson's great all the time. Carson didn't. Like, even Frank, after this game, was talking about all the great things he did. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you shitting me? Well, it was he the same crap up. when Adam Venatari
1: would miss four field goals and we lose the game by a point. Well, guys, it's not Venatari. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah, great. He is. But guess what? Right now, he's washed. He's 49 years old. He sucks. He missed an extra point in the first quarter. He missed a chip shot field goal in the third quarter. He missed the game-winning field goal at the end of the game. He was the reason we lost, Frank. He was. Carson's been awful, yeah. Frank. He has. He's been awful. But that's just the way he is. I mean, I'm sick of him. I'm done with him. But I know he's going to be back, so it's almost a waste of time. But I was saying the same thing about Pagano. I wanted Pagano gone after the AFC Championship in 2015 because I saw the ceiling. I knew we hit the ceiling at that point. I knew that Pagano would never get us over the top. I knew we would never win a Super Bowl with Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis. I knew that Ryan Grigson was incapable of building an offensive line around Andrew Luck. And I wanted both of them gone after the AFC Championship in 2015. People thought I was crazy because we just made it to an AFC Championship. But you could kind of still see the, what do they say, see the, forest between the trees or see the trees between the forest, whatever that saying is, you could see it in 2015 that it wasn't going anywhere. You had a great quarterback carrying an organization. Right now, it's different because I think the GM is the right guy. We have a very talented roster. We have a lot of stars. We have a lot of pro bowlers. We We actually had the most pro bowlers in the National Football League in arguably the worst division with the Jaguars twice and the Texans twice and none of them did a damn thing in this game, but Throughout the course of the season, when most of them played very well at times this season, you couldn't tally up enough games with four against the Jaguars and Texans to make the playoffs? Last week, everybody's talking about, oh, how do you lose to the Raiders? They're such a bad football team. After that (laughs) game, we had the same record as (laughs) them, and they have Broncos twice as the worst team in their division. They have Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs twice, and they have, including tonight, they have Justin Herbert, and the Chargers twice. So they have Herbert Chargers twice. They have Mahomes Chiefs twice. The best quarterback we see twice is Ryan Tannehill. He's the best quarterback on the best team we see twice. And then we got – who would we get? Mills twice or we got Mills once and Tyrod Taylor once in our two games against the Texans. Granted, we did win both those games and convincingly. And then you get Trevor Lawrence who's had a really bad rookie season until today and the Jaguars who stunk until today twice. And you couldn't go 4-0 in those four games. What if we were in a good division? Jason, this team finishes – at home, 4-5 and five on the season. Three yeah. out of our four wins come against the Jags, Texans, and Jets. Those three teams lost a combined, what, 35-38 games this season? The three worst teams in the AFC are three out of our four home wins. Great, we beat the Patriots. One good win at home on the season. Five losses at home to go without one good win. And then you get the Jags a second time on the road. And you can't go out and you can't even play with them. You can't even
0: compete with them in that game. Let me let me ask you a question, Luke. Since mm-hmm. we're getting let, let's just get away from this game and talk future stuff. Because this game, I, I don't ever want to talk about it again.
1: I don't really um, want to talk.
0: <laughs> well, I, but I have a no, legitimate. No, no. Question. I know. I know. Go. 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 If you're Ballard, do you ask Frank two things? One, do you fire Marcus Brady and bring in a guy that's called plays before? And then do you ask Frank to let that guy call the game? Well.
1: I'm still under the belief, and I think we talked about this. I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast. We definitely talked about it off air. I believe that Frank Reich, and you might have even been the one who said this first, and then I, I'm piggybacking on this take, but I believe Reich wanted Marcus Brady after 100%. Sirianni left because he's never called plays before. One million percent. A million percent. He wanted a like- guy who's never called plays to be his O.C. So when the going got tough during the season and it got tough at 0-3, it got tough at 1-4, and and it's obviously tough right now heading into year five as Frank Reich as the Indianapolis Colts head coach. He wanted a guy where when Ballard comes to him and says, listen, Frank, we think we'd be better off with the O.C. calling the plays where Reich could say, but he's never called the plays before. But Jason, right now, I would do that, I would. But right now, Jason, the bigger issue to me isn't even the play calling. How are you not getting your team up for these games? That's that is
0: what I'm more. Why for. is
1: your team not coming out of the locker room? running through a freaking brick wall to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> they should be like a freaking pot roast in this game, like that pig with the apple going around uh, on the rotisserie. It's... And you come out and you let them give you an old-fashioned ass-whooping? Are you
0: kidding me? Uh, and, and not only the coaches, Luke, where are, where are our our star players? Ab- absolutely. Like, this is like... like
1: Nelson and Leonard and Buckner, 100%. But it's also on the coaches. And I think... Just in my opinion, players adapt that from the coach more you're so right. than the coach adapts that from the players. You're, if you have a coach 100%. who's, hey, look, there's sunshine and rainbows. It's a beautiful day in Jacksonville, Florida, guys. I yep. think the players kind of evolve into that more than a coach mm-hmm. showing up to the stadium and seeing Leonard 100%. bang his helmet against the locker and the coach getting fired up. And and this is the, the bring the juice head coach. This guy doesn't have yep. any juice. Right. No, you're it's all I mean, BS. You're, great it's tool. all BS. It's used car salesman shit, just like the last guy in Chuck Pagano. This is yep. used car salesman shit. Reich's been around the National Football League for a very long time. Maybe he's a little bit dried up. Maybe going from being a backup quarterback for 15 years, being a quarterback coach and offensive coordinator for 10 years, maybe being in the National Football League for 25, 30 years has taken a toll on him. Maybe he's had enough. Maybe he needs to retire. Maybe he needs to be fired. I don't think he's the guy, and I'm going to believe that. I don't think he's going to get fired, but I just don't believe he's the guy, so why push the inevitable back? Why waste more time? Why waste another year of Darius Leonard's career? Why waste another year of DeForest Buckner's career? And Jonathan Taylor, especially at that position, why waste another? We just had a generational season from our – generational running back completely go to waste we don't even get a playoff game out of it so everybody can say oh my god they overuse they overuse King Henry so badly oh my god he had 35 carries in this game oh my god he's at he's at 300 touches already on the season that's why he got hurt well guess what they've ran him into the ground and they've made this playoffs three consecutive years running him into the ground Taylor basically every carry he had this year was a waste
0: because we don't even go to the playoffs Hundred percent, man. I I, I just um, I don't know. I am I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what I would do. I I think hiring Marcus Brady was a hundred percent just so they wouldn't take the play calling away from him. It was, but And that's not
1: that's not the type of guy I want to coach my team. I don't want a coach who's purposefully making. His Like, could you imagine if Wednesday well, it's, it's all ego. It's, it's all, all ego. ego. But it's also like, could you imagine... Okay, we're adding depth, right? Like, we want to add depth. We want EJ Speed to be, like, the best possible backup. We wanted... You know, we want our backups to be better. Like, last year, we have that debacle against the Steelers, so we want to add safety depth going into this year, right? Could you imagine... Right. Okay, we're adding... We're, we're, we draft... EJ speed and we're, we're getting these guys to back up. Could you imagine if Darius Leonard behind closed doors was making decisions to give the Colts the worst possible backup sure. linebackers? So he wouldn't get benched or something along those lines. Could you imagine if Carson Wentz was like, I want Jacob Beeson out and I want Sam Ellinger because Ellinger had a worse preseason. And I want the guy who gives (laughs) me the lead. That actually wouldn't
0: surprise me. (laughs) I know.
1: Well, probably not. And that's why these guys are best buddies. That's why Reich and Wentz work so well together because they're both so freaking soft in that same way. But could you imagine quentin nelson saying i don't want reed to be my backup because he's too good you have to give me a guy he started too many games for the panthers i want a guy with no experience so i'm never threatened to be benched
0: yeah i mean that that's me, essentially that's, what happened with the coach i mean I, I i can't disagree i mean to me you always want to be the mo you want competition you you want to be the best team it doesn't matter like that's to me all this shit to me, the only thing that matters, I don't care about DVOA or any of these statistics, or the Colts are in top ten all year in both offensive, defensive, deep. None of that shit matters. What matters to me is we're nine and eight, and you and that's what we are. And we were awful down the stretch, and changes have to be made. You cannot tell me that this team doesn't need some changes. Because when you go down the stretch and after everything we went through to get back in this race and to have everything in our hands and to lay down in the – I mean, okay, the Raiders beat us. Okay, that, that was a competitive game. I can live with that. This game, this was a fucking disgrace. And who I mean, you going I,
1: against. If the Jacksonville Jaguars mean. beat us in a competitive game, I feel similar. This is worse because yeah, yeah. we got embarrassed. But it's different than the Raiders. The Raiders are a good team fighting for the playoffs. We're a good team fighting for the playoffs. We have a close game. They beat us. We're better. It shouldn't have happened, but it happened. I tip my cap. The Jaguars came out. They played their hearts out. They won this game. They deserve this win. I tip my cap. In that regard, but I'm not going into the locker room like, wow, two good football teams just went out there and played good games. No, a bad football team went out there and kicked the living shit out of a good football team, and the bad football team wanted it more than the good football team. And not good football team, the mediocre football team, because that's what we are. We went into the Raider game as a good football team, a team that was two games above 500, playing really good football on a winning streak, beating the Patriots, beating the Cardinals. But the team that came into this game, and definitely the team that finished this game, is not a good football team. They're an average football team. They're nine and eight. That is the new era (laughs) age of five hundred because you can't really be five hundred unless you go eight
0: eight and one. So we're basically a five hundred team, basically. Yep. And and it's funny because we literally went three weeks ago. We went for I went or I went personally. I went from feeling like hey, we can beat anybody in the playoffs to. Holy shit! I don't know if we played any any team in the NFL right now, the Jets or anybody else, if we could even win. <laughs> yeah, like well, in three weeks. Jaguars. Yeah, definitely not the Jaguars for sure. There, I mean, Jesus. Um, I mean, like I, I wouldn't like the way we played today. I wouldn't feel confident against anybody. No way. No. No shot. So I mean, and that's scary, <laughs> dude. That's in three weeks. That's in three weeks.
1: It was one of the most up and down bipolar teams I've ever seen. The first three weeks of the season, I'm not sure we could beat anybody. The last two weeks of the season I'm not sure we could beat anybody.
0: Yeah, started 0 and 3, finished 0 and 2. That's not a recipe to go to the no, playoffs. No.
1: You cannot bookend your season with 0 and 5.
0: And it's, uh,
1: so And Jason oh, man. we And Jason we finished the season a lot healthier than we started it. That's the insane thing. I mean, just, oh, Covid never it, beat us. The game we lost all those guys due to COVID, we played one of our best games. It was one of Reich's best coach games. Carson made a couple of really big throws, had to be a touchdown to Patman. So COVID yeah, didn't beat us. Bl- all the unvaccinated guys didn't beat us. They were all back nope. in the last two weeks. Nope. And we no, just couldn't get it football done. Bad football beat us. Bad football <laughs> beat a- us. Bad coaching, bad execution, undisciplined, Everything. bad football, players not making plays. That's what beat us. Pro bowlers 100%. like Kenny Moore getting beat, getting his ass kicked for two weeks. That beat us.
0: I mean, that's. I want to say this about Kenny Moore. I, I like Kenny Moore. He's a great guy. But I almost feel like that social media shit with the, you know, make me, you know, vote for me for the Pro Bowl. And the, like ever since he made the Pro Bowl, Luke, he has played awful. Awful. The, like I mean, that, it's almost like that's what he was playing for. 100%. The last two games are the worst two games, bar none. That I've ever seen him play. And I go back to the number 42 Kenny Moore. When Chuck Pagano was here. He played worse in these last two games. Than he ever did. When he was number 42. And nobody knew who he was. He was even worse these last two games. His first two games as a pro bowler. So I I, listen. I'm starting to wonder. Like, What are these guys playing for? Are they playing to win? Are they playing for accolades? Because. At the end of the day, I don't give a shit about accolades. You know what I mean? It, no. You're, 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 and it's you're, funny because
1: it kind of mirrors the fan base.
0: It, oh, my God. It, our it, fans, it, it, our oh fans God.
1: absolutely care more about the accolades. The fact that they, there were people this week complaining, podcast hosts of other Colts podcasts, complaining that people were saying the Colts have had a mediocre season because oh. we were sitting at 9-7 and seven coming into this game. As if this game was automatic, and I definitely thought we'd win this game. I'll be the first to admit, I thought we'd win this game. As everybody, including Vegas, thought we'd win this game. as was 15-point favorites on the road against Jacksonville, sitting at 2-14. and 14. But people were saying, oh, how could you call this team mediocre? Well, okay. These same people believe Jonathan Taylor was at least one of the top five Guys in the league for a league MVP. I believe he was definitely a league MVP candidate myself, of course. We've been the biggest Jonathan Taylor supporters all season. So the same people could have – they could say in the same breath that Jonathan Taylor's the MVP, Frank Reich's the coach of the year, we have the most pro bowlers, which is a fact, in the National Football League. We'll probably have a bunch of all pros. How could you believe all those things? Finish the season 9 and 8. And then say Colt fans are spoiled for saying this team had a mediocre season. It's the definition Uh, of mediocre. And it's it's disappointing when you believe those other – like how could you think you have the best coach in the league, the coach of the year, the MVP on on the same team with the most pro bowlers and then be content, content with a basically 509-8 season where you missed the playoffs?
0: And you know what, Luke? I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't. I don't really care at this point. I'm just gonna say it. Say it. That's what I love about our podcast. I don't care if we have five listeners, five thousand subscribers, or three hundred subscribers. It doesn't matter. What I love about us is we are not sunshine and unicorn people. We keep it a hundred all the time. This isn't like, and that's the thing. I think Indianapolis fans in general like the sunshine and unicorn type podcast more than ours because we keep it 100 all the time we're east coast guys and if you don't think we love this team we listen to this podcast how passionate we are we care so much and one thing i've always loved about us is we always tell the truth it's never personal it's always honest and that's what this show will continue to be and that's what we're talking about here you can't think all those things that luke said and then be a mediocre team. Mm-hmm. And, then say, and then say that this team's not mediocre. Right. And
1: say it's not mediocre if you think all those other things are true. Yeah, like you can't believe you have the best coach and the best running back and the most pro bowlers and one and of the best they, teams. And, and they've
0: been on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. Like, and oh, the Carson Wentz is
1: the franchise quarterback. You can't believe all those things. Finish 9-8, and eight, miss the playoffs, and sit back and say, hey, guys, it was a great season. No, it wasn't. If you finish nine and eight, it's only a good season if you have a bad team. A bad team finishing nine and eight and having a good season is an overachieving team. Yeah, a good team so finishing now. nine and eight is a bad team, or a good team having a bad season.
0: And a good team, if this—I mean, we're—I'm not, not going to mention the guy's name, but a, a good team, if this team was good, they go into Jacksonville and win by thirty-five points. This is not a good like team. we should have. They're average. Yep. That's all they are. Nothing more, nothing less. Yep. Yep, and at least that's the season they had. Like,
1: even this week before this game, I tweeted, I responded to this because I felt like he was kind of talking about people like us because, yeah, I thought coming into this game, I thought we had a pretty mediocre season. Got off to a bad start, played good football, played at an elite level for a few weeks. But you're still sitting at nine and seven. You had a chance at home in the clinch of playoff spot. So I thought coming into this week, yeah, we're having a pretty mediocre season. There were, I think, coming into this week, there were 15 teams in the NFL nine and seven or better. So out right. of 32 teams, you're one of 15 teams nine and seven or better, and you're sitting at nine and seven. That's, in my opinion, pretty mediocre, mediocre to slightly above average. Pretty much what you I, are. Mean, if you 10, lose, I mean. This week we lose and now we fall below that, yeah. but. But that's what I felt, Jason. So I responded to this tweet. I would say we have a great roster. Like, we could be a great team. But even if you want to say this is a great team or a good team, it's a good team or a great team that's had a mediocre season. That's a fair assessment. Now I would say we had a below mediocre year because you had everything on the table this week and you lost. So people could talk about it all the time. Like, I saw that one guy, and I know you like him, and you follow him, and you guys are friends. On Twitter, this past week, he was talking about the DEOA or whatever those analytics oh, yeah, are. D-D-O. Yeah, so yeah, he was yeah. talking about offense was better, defense was better, this was better, pass rush was better, this was better. So he was going through, he said, the Colts, and then he put our record, and then he put offense, defense, this, 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 this blah, 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 all these different things, and said, the Colts have improved in every single category this season. And I responded to that, no, we haven't. Our record is worse. I don't give a crap about all those analytics. It's about wins and it's about losses. We could be top two in DOA. all the different alphabetical analogy, whatever you want to come up with. If you have a worse record, you are not a better team. You're not. It's about wins and losses. It's about making the playoffs. Last year we made the playoffs. We won 11 games in 16 opportunities. This year we won nine games in 17 opportunities. We got worse. We got worse. You said the appearance. talent got better, the team got
0: worse. And I would argue with anybody that thinks that this team was better off with Carson Wentz. I, they, they make the the Colts make the, the Colts make the playoffs easily with Phillip Rivers. Absolutely. It's not even we don't, they don't start 0-3. We definitely don't yeah.
1: start 0-3. And, and then we definitely don't lose these last two weeks. We win one of them.
0: And I don't think we blow,
1: like, three
0: double-digit leads either.
1: No. Oh, and then against the Bucs. Oh, they were all RPOs. Well, anything like that any anything at the line Phillip's not going 19 consecutive he's not calling 19 consecutive passes if the balls in his court he's right. going to run the football he's going to hit those checkdowns overtime against the Titans he's hitting that wide open Jonathan Taylor over the middle he's not 100%. going into triple coverage we definitely i think we win like 12 games this year with Philip Rivers
0: uh uh-huh. he's so much better I, and I that's with
1: people... and that's with Frank Reich as the head coach who i've criticized all year with Frank Reich, if you have Phillip Rivers, I think you make the playoffs at probably probably 12 and 5.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe I, 13 and or, 4. I mean, and you, people always forget this when they, because I, I said I missed Phillip Rivers after this game. And people were like, yeah, but he sucked in Jacksonville last year, too. Well, let's be fair with yeah, Phillip won. Rivers. He was week one, no training camp, no real training camp, no preseason games. This was – if Philip Rivers would have played Jacksonville in week 17, which he did last year, we would have won this game. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is, and he's a better – like, you You cannot tell me, I don't care if he's 40 or not, that he's not better than Carson Wentz. He's so be- – I mean, it's night and day between the 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 pre-snap stuff. He, I mean, they're not even the same stratosphere. And then he doesn't – I mean – for all the people that said, like, Phillip Rivers is a turnover machine, he threw, I think he threw 11 picks last year, but very rarely was he throwing into triple and double coverage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and you've got to remember, Jonathan Taylor was still getting his feet wet last year. You imagine Jonathan Taylor in this offense with Phillip Rivers, quick strike to Pittman, and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I think they make the playoffs. I don't think there's, I, I, I'm sure his, his, his touchdown to, to, Interception ratio might not have been 26 to 6 or whatever it was for Wentz, but he's just definitely the better player. But at the end of the day, dude, we're in purgatory now. We're either stuck with Wentz or we cut him and we suck next year. So, I mean, it's what I mean, I almost think cutting him and just sucking next year would be the way to go, because I feel like there's going to be a ton of really good quarterbacks coming out in 2023. But I mean you never want to lose. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? Well, but, I know this well, draft
1: isn't this draft coming up a really bad quarterback draft. I yeah. saw one mock well, where the kid from Michigan's the number 1 quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 Pickett's probably the best guy for Pittsburgh, but outside of him, man, it's 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 there's a lot of like there's a chance this guy will be good, but there's also almost as good or better chance he's going to be a bomb. Yeah. So, yeah, this isn't the year to have a high pick. Yeah. Uh, for lucky for us, we're not
1: drafting the top fifty this year.
0: That's yeah. Yeah, true. So, yeah, we won't have that. We that that's one problem we will not have. But uh, yeah, man, just just to sum up this day, it, it's one of the darkest days in Cole's history, as as far as you know, playoffs, where the organization is, how far I think this game set us back. My confidence in this organization is shook, mostly because of the way. I mean, Frank has been bad with play calling and all that stuff. It, off and on but for the most part he's been okay but man when you can't get your team up two straight weeks in a row they come out flat and in this game they never even got off the bus that is a concern is the team not listening are they tuning them out what's the problem there's some kind of disconnect and that has got to get fixed yep i totally agree jason
1: so pretty much wraps it up no playoff pregame next week of course obviously we're done for the season, so I don't know what's yeah. next, but that pretty much wraps maybe it a, up, and it puts another <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we did that today. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> I think we did. Yeah, we today. didn't really, talk, we didn't talk
1: too much positive stuff, but yeah. No, and we shouldn't, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, really, the only positive this year I thought was the play of Jonathan Taylor. Really,
1: yeah, Jonathan I mean, Taylor was fantastic. Mike, Mike,
0: yeah, Pittman was good. But at the end of the day, when your season ends like this, man, there's not a whole hell of a lot to say that's positive. Boom, and
1: there's our season wrap up. Very nice, Jason.
0: <laughs> so, oh, man.
1: That pretty much wraps it up. Another year of For the Culture in the Bucks. What's that? Four years now?
0: Started it. Well, we I think we officially started in 17, but we actually started before that. But I was was a different under a different umbrella name. Yeah. So Maybe four, four, or five four years. official years though. 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, that's actually 21. We're five years, dude. Wow! Five Crazy. years in the books.
1: One Crazy more stuff. year to get
0: to Pagano to to get to Pagano. <laughs> Incredible.
1: All right. Well, that wraps it up. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. We'll be back, I guess, at some point with some off season stuff. But obviously, a tough one, tough pill to swallow. As we head into the playoffs, watching a bunch of teams not named Indianapolis Colts playing playoff football, when you had everything, you had everything in front of you the last two weeks. You just needed one. That Cardinal game was a miracle. We even were able to compete and win that game. If you lose that game, you need both the last two. We just needed one. and We couldn't hold on. We couldn't win either one. Raiders at home. Jags on the road. Tough one. Tough one. Tough one to swallow. We'll be back at some point with some offseason news or some offseason podcast topic right here on the For the Coach Podcast.